0: Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 17, Build Your Melee. Welcome to the podcast. This is Take 3, by the way. I'm Jesse and or Cypher. Today we have Amba Sinister from Melee Stats Pod joining us here today for an awesome interview. And I really don't want to hold you up, I promise. It's just that it's so hard to do this in less than 60 seconds. I have so many things I want to talk to you about, like how I recorded this on Thursday, April 22nd, but I'm releasing it on Saturday, April 24th. What a dichotomy. What if something awesome happened on Friday? Or what if something worse happened on Friday? The point is, is that I won't be able to react to it with you. But now you know. Let's hear from Ambi.
1: Why is it so quiet?
0: Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by Amba Sinister, also goes by Ambi, of the Melee Stats Pod. Ambi, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me
0: you have some excellent tweets that you put out into the universe. And that's where I think I grew more familiar with your name. But of course, when talking with wheat, who was on front of the program, you could say was on uh, a little while ago, learning more about the melee stats pod and seeing your presence like increase, not necessarily increase. What's the best way to phrase it? i feel like I've just seen a lot more content recently. Most, most recently, recently, the, the Waiting for Game episode with you, Wheat, and Slime. I was only able to watch the first hour, but it's very, very entertaining, of course. The three of you on the same mic, it's awesome. Looking forward to catching the rest of it, but it's really cool to see everybody from Melee Stats Pod getting out there and doing more stuff. It seems like there's been a bit of an increase lately. Would you agree with that, or have has it been always a lot of activity from your perspective?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's kind of interesting, right? So that... The slime episode was really fun. If you haven't listened to it, then I definitely recommend it. Um, I think that uh, the big change, at least from my perspective, is that I think that melee stats have started taking a lot more of a forward-facing role in the community. Because I think if you if you poke around like really really deep and you spend like entirely too much time like in the like little niches of the melee community, you'll see like the melee stats influence all over the place. Um, it's just that uh I think recently with the uh with the dawn of the melee stats films that we've started making on the YouTube channel, I think that our like quote unquote brand is starting to become a lot more visible. And sort of leveraging that, uh I think we've been trying to do more stuff that people can see, you know, stuff that's like more visible to other people. But you know, like we've been doing like podcasting since like Save is Entitled did it on his uh on his YouTube channel and you know, deep dives was going on for years before we, like, kind of blew up a little bit. Uh, so there, there definitely has been, like, sort of an increase, but I, I would really characterize it more as a shift towards, like, stuff that you guys can enjoy rather than just, like, lurking in the shadows doing stuff. But, yeah, I think it's been uh, it's been a fun ride in the last couple of months doing more stuff for Melee Stats. I've been
0: enjoying the perspective that you, Wheat, Edwin, probably the three most forward-facing members of the Melee Stats Collective, you... Y'all have amazing perspectives and viewpoints on the game and the players, all all things Melee, because you're willing to go the distance, if you will, especially with players that <laughs> I've never heard of. And it's, so it's very helpful and educational for me. I really appreciate it. I wanted to ask a little bit about sort of the beginnings for you of when Melee became a more important part of your life, unless you were just born straight into it, like from, from the womb. But please, if you could tell me, when did melee go from a game to oh this is my thing this is my this is like a really important yeah. thing for me
1: yeah this is like kind of a fun question for me specifically because uh i've always been like sort of a lurker like uh I, I think i've i've been involved like you know spectating and stuff since like i was like in middle school basically right like i was like following the threads in like 2007 2008 on Smashboards and stuff Um, but I didn't really get to go to tournaments until I like got to college. Um, also because like I lived in a particular part of New Jersey that wasn't super active locally. Um, but when I got to college, uh, there were, you know, a lot more people that were willing to play Melee and, uh, you know, I, the sort of the genesis of all of it, uh, for me was starting the, the smash club at Yale, uh, which is where I went to school. No big deal. Um, so Yeah. (laughs) If any of my, uh, my, my friends from college happen to be listening to this, shout out to you guys. You know Um, who you are. But yeah, that's, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, so like that's sort of where I started to get more involved, right? Like, you know, just community organizing around my college. You just like stuff that pretty much anyone can do to get more involved in the scene. And, you know, we would like go to locals and like we would help each other improve at the game. And it was sort of like my big thing in college right was i was the guy that organized all the melee stuff i was the one that was carrying crts all over the 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 campus let's go um yeah it was it was great right uh you know definitely you know got the full college extracurricular experience from melee uh and then you know after i left after i left college um i had like all these cool ideas and i had like a lot more time (laughs) I guess is a it's a fun a fun way that that shook out because usually like that's sort of the opposite that people feel like they have more time in college, but for me it was like oh well you know I have this job and then I come home from the job and then I have nothing to do and I'm thinking about like what happens if you know you solder, tax switches to the back of a GameCube controller or something, and like that was like sort of where like my more social media dominant you know, presence in the community started was, like, after I graduated from college. And that was, like, around the time that I joined with Melee Stats and got involved with, like, their sort of social sphere. So from there, it's history, right? Like, I just, you know, did a bunch of cool stuff for the Melee community. uh, And it was great. But, yeah, it all started in college. That was, like, sort of where it all began.
0: That's really cool to hear. You you did something that I, I never got the spine to do you could say i i knew about competitive melee probably as early as 2005 2006 ish well probably 2006 because that's when youtube was first the thing i would find sets of like ken versus pc chris but then i would go oh that's really cool I, i'm probably oh, there's probably nothing happening in in pennsylvania for for tournaments but of course there was and is and mm-hmm. so hearing that you started off on the lurker side of things you could say just the person who was consuming melee content well we didn't even call it content at the time but you get it and then you were able to get more involved at yale that's really cool to hear and you've done a, a variety of different things and so <laughs> rather than challenge myself to try to remember everything i i don't i didn't even get dive that deep into exactly 100 <laughs> percent of everything that you've done ambi but i i guess one thing would be after you're starting to get more involved with melee stats you're you're adulting and you're working a daytime job that sort of thing and so i feel like the potential is this is going to become less of a part of my life because i'm going to move on to other things but here you are to this day because it's it's been a few years you're still very much involved with melee and maybe perhaps the forward-facing side of it you could make the argument more than ever well whatever the case you've gotten more involved why do you think that is as compared to cooling off and pursuing other interests?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that the really fun thing about my involvement in the Melee community is that it sort of, like, set the trajectory for sort of my entire life after college in, in a sort of weird, warped kind of way. Because, um, you know, uh, out of college, I got, like, this job in finance, and, like, it was all right. Like, I didn't, I didn't really feel like it was, like, my, my big thing, right, that I wanted to be doing at the time. So, um, you know, what I wanted to be doing was, like, you know, data science type stuff, right? Uh, So Melee Stats work was, like, a really fun, you know, way for me to build my professional portfolio at the time, uh, which is why, like, I started doing a lot more stuff with Melee Stats around the time, because it was, like, I wanted to, you know, change careers a little bit, and I wanted to, uh, you know, do cool data projects, and Melee Stats was, like, this wonderful resource for me to, like leverage what I wanted to do and to do it in my spare time. Um, and it's also just, like, you know, from college and from social media and from Melee Stats, um, the social circle that I've built around the game is, like, really, really, like a... Like, people talk about how good the, you know, the social aspect of Super Smash Bros. Melee is, but for me, it, like, really sort of feels like it gave me everything, right? Like, uh, like I met my fiancé through the game. I met, like, most of my current IRL friends through the game. Uh, I ended up getting a referral to my current job through a friend that I met in the game. Um, you know, my social media presence is due to the game. Like, like all the things that, like, I do for my day-to-day, like, in some weird, twisted way, will eventually be attributed back to my involvement in Melee. So, like, even if it sometimes feels like a chore to do stuff for the community, um, it's sort of, like, things just always go well when I do stuff for the Melee community in my life. So I sort of have this, like... Like feeling of gratitude being a part of the community just as a result of the fact that like the game has given me so much back for my efforts
0: it's like that Kevin Bacon game where people would go what movie can you name and how quickly can you get back to it somehow being involved with Kevin Bacon that's sort of yeah, you and Maylor, yeah.
1: right exactly but so you wouldn't expect it just like my career, like, oh, yeah, you know, my career, like I work as like an artificial intelligence research scientist, like, where do you get melee from that? It's like, oh, well, you know, like my coworker that referred me, like, I met him because like he was like close with another person that I met through school. And it was, like that person played melee, you know, like it's like this big, long, twisted thing that eventually is like, oh well, you would have never gotten this job if you didn't, you know, spend all this time doing stuff for Melee. Uh, so it's it's funny that it has this, like, multiple degrees of how you get back to the video game. But that's how it struck out for me.
0: But that's really cool to hear because it's, it's, it is almost as if the game is giving back to you. I mean, the Lord knows the developer is never going to give back to any of us in any sort of meaningful way. So I'm glad <laughs> that the community has sort of filled that void, if you will. And the gratitude that you feel, like, I, I already like to a very very small extent for myself i have I, it's not like i got my current job or anything through melee but just in getting to know more people that have either been involved in th- with the scene for a long time or even sort of getting started with how like i feel like i'm at right now that you could just have so many cool like just relationships that not necessarily super deep ones where there everyone's getting invited to the wedding it's just that it, the community is very very cool and everybody's overall very very nice and we all like to get caught up in drama sometimes all that kind of stuff so not perfect but it's (laughs) been it's been a very positive experience thus far so it's cool to hear that even for someone like yourself where i feel like i feel like the uh the it's it's not new anymore to a certain degree of course there are new things about melee but at its core it's still a gamecube game made in 2001 it'll be turning 20 this year so The fact that there's just new things that come up, fresh things, fresh angles. And then all of a sudden it branches out into your actual real life, things that are important for you, like making a living, that sort of thing. All really, (laughs) really cool to hear. What would you say, if you you recall, was a big thing about trying to get to the first major that you ever attended and, and what was that major?
1: oh no this is this is a rough question to ask me man uh my first major was apex 2015 oh uh so <laughs> uh, apex 2015 I, I don't know was... if i've ever heard
0: about this before not like it's had several uh, documentaries made yeah. about it
1: <laughs> there's a, a great one by by a good friend turned down for walt shout out yeah, to turn so, down for walt yeah but my my time at apex 2015 was like particularly bad it was a it was a very difficult weekend for me like uh uh, i was in charge of like funneling like 15 people to the tournament because like i lived in new jersey at the time so like like 15 people from connecticut all crashed at my house and we were like supposed to coordinate rides to the venue and then like you know one of the people left with their car with like two other people and like we didn't have enough cars to get to the venue and then like i drove to the venue myself and i got into a car accident on the way there oh no and then we get there and like the roof falls in and we can't actually play in the tournament uh you know i don't know what we're gonna do we're wandering through the hotel like what are we gonna do um my goodness there's such a deep rabbit hole i got like very sick day two i went like one and two which is like the worst i've ever done at any tournament ever um, it was it was a very very tough tournament for me, um, but getting there <laughs> was you know like I mentioned uh, a byproduct of the fact that I was uh, you know spectating the game for a long time and then I was in charge of this club at my university and uh, I coordinated this big effort to get us all to this trip and it was like oh this is gonna be great we're gonna go to a tournament we're gonna go to a big major that like everyone watches on Twitch all the time and uh, it did not shake out that way but you know it was just, it was fun in its own weird warped way i always like to tell people like about apex 2015 is that uh i think the 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 like the hotel experience of apex 2015 is sort of like an understated fun part about it that people that like a lot of people's first major was apex 2015 and it was like sort of it set this weird expectation that like you could just wander around the hotel and like people would be like with their doors open playing Melee and like you would just go into the hotel rooms and you just wander from place to place trying to play. Uh, That's like not a thing that happens at (laughs) at Melee tournaments, at least not anymore. Uh, And I remember like a lot of Connecticut people like trying to do the same thing at the next major we all went to and like nobody was playing Melee and like we were like going through all the hallways listening for Dreamland and Dreamland just never appeared and we were like man this is so different. but. Apex twenty fifteen was a disaster. It was way worse than it sounds. When you watch the documentaries about it, it's it was a very uh very difficult tournament to be at. But that was my first one. That was that was a story. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. To take, that's
0: a lot to take in. It feels like every almost everything went wrong. And yet here we are. We're still talking about melee.
1: That's <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I'm glad that it didn't kill the entire game, right? <laughs> There's a silver lining in that, I guess.
0: But uh, but also uh, for you specifically, because like if I have one bad weekend related to something, like for- it can at least kill my my interest in it for a little while maybe it comes back or maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't take i, f- I feel like depending on the whatever the subject matter is that you're interested in one bad experience can really just sour it but it seemed to be not the case for you or what was that recovery process <laughs> like i mean first of all you have to get better after being sick and then the car accident and all that yeah yeah how long did it take to it just was... recover
1: <laughs> well you know it's funny. Uh, I like to, I have this joke that I tell like the other players that I like practice with all the time that like you can sort of tell like how good my mental state is by how much I'm not playing melee. Uh, Because when I'm, when I'm really feeling not good, I really like to be playing a lot of melee because it makes me feel better. So it was, it was like this weird warped thing where like the thing that made me upset was like this tournament I went to for this game and like the recovery process from this was just to play a lot more of the game because it would make me feel better later So, it was actually not that bad for me, specifically, like, I think for other stuff that I've done, like, competitively in the past, it was sort of like this, but, um, like, I used to play, like, chess in tournaments when I was in high school and stuff, and, you know, if you do bad at a chess tournament, like, you want to, like, throw things, it's terrible, it's not a good feeling, um, and, uh, you know, you don't want to look at a chessboard for, like, for weeks, but you kind of have to, because you have to practice to stay good and stuff, so it's, like, very difficult, mainly just always makes me feel better, just because it feels so good to play, so, it was actually not that bad after I got back from the tournament. I'm like, oh, thank God it's over. Let's play some more Melee, you know? <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Can we sidebar into chess real quick? I'm not a big chess person, but I'm interested to hear your own perspective. You, you were there before it got really popular. You know, Queen's Gambit, of course, uh, that was a yeah. big catalyst. <laughs> and you're like, why is everybody so interested in chess all of a sudden? Y'all Melee players are supposed to be interested in tennis. Or, or were you just excited to have <laughs> oh, more no, people to play tennis. chess with?
1: yeah i mean so i kind of quit chess around around college um you know we don't need to super super get into it i think the game is really good i think that um you know it's very it's a very fun well-made game and uh i still like watch you know you know like the big tournaments and stuff for it just to like follow what's going on in the meta and stuff but uh i think that the social scene for the chess community um it's a little bit different for adults than it was for scholastic players, like like when I was in when I was in high school and stuff. Uh, it's a little bit less welcoming, in my experience. People are a little bit more, uh, you know, cold-hearted. I guess is a good way to put it. So, you know, it was funny seeing it blow up all these years later from like the Twitch boom. Like after I like abandoned chess to play something that was like pretty much going through its own weird Twitch boom. Um, But, you know, it's great seeing all these people play it. Like, I think it's a really good game, and I think that seeing all these people with interest in it is super cool. But uh, I was not really super a chess player when it it revived, right? So I thought that that was kind of a a funny thing just to sort of look at from afar and, like, play my friends when they were like, Oh, I'm in the chess now. You want to play? And I would play a couple of games with them, so...
0: Sure, because it's not the gatekeepy attitude people coming to you and say, Let's play chess and you're like, Wait, what? Come on. And uh, it's yeah, at, yeah. like it's it's friends and that sort of thing. So it yeah, the way you're right, making right. it sound like is that <laughs> chess is like completely out of it for you more or less other than the occasional big tournament. Oh yeah, the it's oh boy. I wanna say Magnus Carlson <laughs> or is it Carlson Magnus? I always get it mixed
1: up. It's Magnus Carlsen. Magnus, Magnus Carlson, the world one. Yeah,
0: maybe to watch one or two of those, but Other than that, just eh, keep it moving. And (laughs) the other the other question that I have is: there's always that fun like first big major experience, but I'm actually kind of curious from your own perspective. What was the second major like for you? Which what what was that one?
1: Oh, the second major that's that's an interesting one. I'm trying to think of like what my second major even was, right? Especially because like the distinction for major is like so hazy. Because like I was like very very active in tournaments like around. Uh, like, I would say 2015, 2016. I was actually ranked in Connecticut for a brief period in 2016.
0: Um, Let's go. But I
1: ended up, I ended up having to uh, stop playing as much because of school. But, you know, I'm trying to think, like, I went to Justice 4, which was pretty cool. Like, I had that that crazy Hacks vs. Armada set that, you know, was not interesting enough to Samox to make it into metagame. <laughs> oh, wait, hold <laughs> um, on. Oh, well. well. Yeah. <laughs> There was a uh, there
0: was a few things that didn't quite make it in, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's not get into that. Right, before. right, right. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a fun tournament, right? I think, uh, you know, Armada was there, which was like a huge deal for people in the United States at the time, especially for like something in tri-state, right? That wasn't Apex. So Justice Four was pretty early on there. Um, I feel like there was something before Pound Twenty Sixteen that I went to uh pound 2016 was another one of those weird heartbreaker tournaments for me but you know that's that's fine i lost to a pikachu player in pools and he tried to hug me and i was like no thank you oh no (laughs) um you're like my first uh,
0: ranked you're like my first ranked fox victory can i have a hug please no
1: yeah i mean yeah i don't know (laughs) we got Um, we
0: we should talk about the fox a little bit tell tell me about what your competitive mindset was at first because the way you're making it sound like it was yeah cool 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 melee stats okay i want to play the game i want to be really good at the game were you thinking to yourself at any point best in the world or are you thinking uh maybe best in connecticut first or best in new jersey first
1: yeah i mean so i sort of had like a weird perspective about getting good at things i guess relative to other people in the melee community specifically um I think it's a little bit weird that like there's such a fixation on being the best in the world among people that are like starting out or like intermediate level players. Um like, you know, in one sense I get it, right? But I, I just think that like melee is already this game that has such a difficult reward signal, right? Because like you play a game and you implement like like say you practice for like a week and you spend a week like playing people and like thinking about things that you need to implement and say you identify like, you know, ten situations that you need to you know do one thing instead of another thing and then you fix all those things in the week it's like a very productive week you fix 10 whole habits of yours and then you go into the tournament the next week and like you know it's just very possible that those situations that you fixed about your playstyle just don't appear and like you know you don't actually realize if you've improved or not even though like objectively you have because you fixed the things that needed to be fixed about your play um but like the actual ability to tell that you're improving based on like what is happening in a tournament environment is like it's a little bit sparse sometimes and it's uh it's already like that right so you know having these smaller more intermediate goals feels kind of necessary for me to get good reward signal out of what i'm doing because if i'm if i'm trying to be like oh i'm gonna beat hungry box right like that's my goal as a player you know back in like 2018 or something then you know every single tournament i go to will be a huge letdown where i not only do i not beat Hungrybox, box but you know i lose to schminkeldorf from connecticut right uh to schminkeldorf he's a legend uh, i was gonna ask if that's a real <laughs> but, tag that's awesome yeah yeah he was like uh he was like fifth in connecticut when i was playing he's very very good um but yeah like uh i think that it's it's weird that people have this weird idea around uh you know being the best in the world having that attitude is the only way you can improve at things cuz it's like dude like just improve yourself right like you you generally have a pretty good idea of how good you are at things and then like you can identify what you're bad at and then like not be bad at those things anymore and then it feels good to be in that situation where you're not bad at the thing you were bad at before and like you know I've never been super like a tournament grinder uh as a result of this attitude because I think a lot of people are like out here trying to prove themselves like I am better than hungry box uh but for me like I just want to play the game and like to encounter the situation I've already encountered and to be better at it um and like I think I it, it reflected pretty well at the time when I was playing a lot and when I was playing a lot earlier this year as well it was kind of sort of the same deal where it was like I would enter a tournament I would be like oh yeah that was a right um But yeah, so it's kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but it was like, I just sort of wanted to be a better version of myself from like the previous day when it comes to improving as a player. And I think that was like sort of enough for me the entire time up to today. Uh, I think that's all you really need to do anything competitive, really
0: and podcasts are for long answers so you are absolutely fine there (laughs) I'm wondering I've heard a few different players I I couldn't name any of them off the top of my head but I feel like I've heard this sentiment expressed before where they say friendlies and sessions where you're like specifically spending 30 minutes or 60 minutes playing with like one other person and you're sticking to the same matchup and maybe playing on different stages but you get it and you're trying to be very purposeful about building up different habits or tearing down bad habits all that kind of stuff but then tournament play you're just executing what you've already practiced or thought about or meditated on all that kind of stuff does that follow with you or do you have a different mentality when playing friendlies or, or sessions as compared to playing in brackets
1: yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's kind of funny, right? So uh, there's... I, I sort of think that there's two modes when it comes to people playing the game. There's, like, your, you know, analytical mode where you're doing things that are, you know, things that you've thought about and labbed and executed and, you know, practiced. And then there's, like, the sort of lizard brain, like, cyber athlete part where you're just, like, doing shit really fast and it's, like, really good to do things really fast and and do them really well Uh, and I think that like uh, playing melee is a very interesting experience for me just as someone that's like really into like mental models of things because uh, it's not like clearly superior at least to me that like one of these modes is better than the other and it's like sort of good when you're playing to have like a little bit of accessibility to both of these modes so like I think that the, the difference between friendlies and tournament is, like, I think maybe a little overstated a lot of the time. Uh, I think that, like, you know, sometimes you're not as desperate to fix a specific thing and, like, you won't, you won't like, do this weird experimentation in a particular situation or whatever. Like, but I think that that's, like, the difference between how that feels when you're playing a friendly and how it feels when you're playing a tournament is, like, such a negligible difference uh, when you consider, like, that added pressure of needing to win in a tournament environment. You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to do edge guards, for example, um, I think that, like, you know, there's something to be said about, like, trying new edge guards in friendlies to see what works for you and what doesn't, and then, like, sticking to the stuff that you know works well for you in actual tournament environments. But, like, even if you did, like, the weird stuff and you did it well uh, in friendlies, like, you're going to mess up edge guards anyways because you're nervous because it's a tournament environment, right? And it's like, you know, I think that people really overstate how big the difference is, especially, like, among players that are not, like, super, super, like, I'm out here to, to you know, win against Hungrybox all the time type of mind about the game. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, like, playing deliberately when you're playing friendlies is important, but I think that... Uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm a friendlies monster." And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're the same when you're in tournament and when you're in friendlies. It's just that friendlies are easier to do, and people are trying less hard against you. So, you know, I, I think the difference is a little bit not real, but that's just me. That's just my perspective on it.
0: <laughs> I've heard you talk about the mental side of it a little bit now, and then also you said reward signaling or reward signal, which I don't know if I've ever heard that term before. I mean, I'd be interested to learn where that is from, or if you came up with that yourself, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is actually, uh, the, the talking about reward signal is from my friend, uh, Vikram, who's the, uh, the Falco player, who's also from Maryland. Um, yeah, like, so reinforcement learning is where this term comes from, right? It's like, uh, you know, y- you hear of like AlphaGo and stuff, like, like the machine that they use to beat the Go World Champion and stuff? Uh, no, but this, yeah, please explain. <laughs> yeah i mean so yeah like google made this thing it's like a it's a program that uh is really good at board games and it beat the world champion at uh, at go right and it did it using this thing called reinforcement learning which is basically where like it will play itself over and over again and it will uh try to learn how to beat itself at the game uh And the only information that it needs to start learning how to adjust things to to improve at the game is whether you win or lose, right? And in reinforcement learning, like this, you know, this idea of training an agent to be really good in a particular environment at some particular task. um, You you train these by giving it some sort of reward, right? So, like, every time something good happens, you give it a cookie. Uh, Or, you know, every time something bad happens, you take a cookie away from it. Um, And if you have what's called sparse reward, it's very difficult for you to actually discern whether what you're doing is good or bad because you don't get a cookie until the very end of the game where you're abruptly told whether you won or you lost, right? Um, I think Melee is kind of like that because like there's so many decisions that get made in a particular game of Melee that like the, the distance between winning against a particular player and losing against a particular player is not immediately clear after you're done with a match, right? Like, I think uh, a lot of people like get confused when they can like take stocks from really strong players and they're like oh well like i thought that i'd be doing much worse so like oh i thought i'd be doing much you know better i guess um but like it's really like just about who's on the win screen right like that's all that really matters when it comes to the ability to assess whether or not someone is winning or losing Um, so being able to like change things about your play in order to get to that screen more often is sort of like ill-defined, right? Like it's sort of difficult for people to tell like what parts of their game they need to work on or like what things are, are doing good or doing bad about their play. Um, so I think it's very difficult to improve at melee, uh, for a lot of people because it's very difficult to prioritize what you need to work on because like there's nothing that immediately tells you like this will this will help you win this will not help you win this is more important for you to fix than this other thing that you are also thinking about fixing so like just the the amount of the frequency at which you accrue cookies for a good result uh it's sort of hard to tell with whether what you're doing is actually affecting that rate or not which is like this idea of sparse reward signal so like kind of a convoluted answer but that's like how I sort of think about it a lot of the
0: time sure and you have done a very good job of laying out what I you know what I agree with as well it is (laughs) there are a myriad of different ways to look at potentially improving in melee from labbing to literally playing and mentality side of things. It and, and also like like what controller you're using. Is the controller good? Is the the all the settings oh, the computer, yeah, it's yeah. just so 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 many places. And I feel like for a newer player who gets started, if they were to truly try to take that all in at once it'd be like a fire hose it'd just be overwhelming. What would you say <laughs> you've already said how difficult it is to improve at melee at times. And so with that, <laughs> do you want to try and tackle it how you would tell a newer player where to go to improve or what to think of first when it comes to going, all right, you just picked up the game. Here's
1: what you should think about or here's what you should do. Yeah, I mean, so I I should definitely qualify that like I'm not like amazing at at Melee, right? Like I'm like a relatively strong regional level player. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, bottom of the Connecticut PR when I was active in Connecticut. I have some wins on some really good players and it'd be kind of corny for me to just say who they are on the podcast. But, uh, you know, I, I am... Uh, an intermediate level player i would say at the game um and you know you can take what i say with a grain of salt because i'm more uh my my familiarity with stuff is a lot more oriented towards getting people to play (laughs) rather than getting them to be really really good um but that said um i do think that the most important thing about improving at the game is being able to talk about it with other people uh which i think is scary and also really hard um but i think that this is a big part of the reason why like getting lessons from a good player is so good um because you know the thing is with a good player is that they know things that you don't know right and if you just try to figure out everything yourself even if like you're really good at figuring stuff out yourself right like if you're really good at labbing stuff if you're really good at finding the resources on the internet to you know, to learn how to do whatever you want to do. Um, you still get like stuck in these like thought loops of like what things you think are good and what things are actually not good at all. Um, and those are really, really hard to break out unless you're talking to someone about how you think this thing is good. And they're like, no man, that's terrible, don't do that. And then like you get into a big fight and then like you argue about like the relative merits of thing A or thing B. And it really builds your understanding of like why you should do thing A over thing B in what situations um you know but it's like social right and like it it's sort of why like extroversion is such an important thing in this community relative to other ones because it's like you know the game is is pretty abstract at times like the reason you do a particular dash forward rather than a dash backwards is sometimes like kind of difficult to wrap your mind around and uh being able to talk about it with other people is like probably the fastest way to like Conceptualize the things a little bit easier because like people have disparate sets of knowledge, and you can pull from a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, you know, like my, my 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 number one example for this is like Axe, right? You know, you know Axe. You're, you're talking about Tempo
0: Storm Axe, right? Because I always yeah, have a yeah, hard time yeah. telling over the uh, podcast waves. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah tempo storm axe uh so i think a a funny thing about axe is that you know if you go back in time like if you go to like a genesis video or something on youtube on like the waffle 77 and you scroll the comments and stuff you'll find these like you know 10 year old posts from axe uh where he's like i love this game this is the greatest game ever and like he was really bad at the game when he was making these posts, right? It was really funny. He was, like, very mediocre because he was, like, this super, super young kid, right? And then, like, he just kept posting about how much he loved Melee and he kept talking to people about Melee because he loved it so much and he kept going to tournaments and he kept, you know, just being around people that played Melee all the time. And he got, like, so, so good so fast, right? Um, Because he was just, like, around. Like, I think that, like, people underestimate sort of how how important being present with other people that play is for your improvement because I just think uh, the the whole like I'm going to be a monk in the mountains and I'm going to emerge the best player in the world is just super not happening just like especially just given that the game is so interactive and you need to understand what other people are thinking in this situation in order to beat what they're doing so I think talking to people that's kind of a corny answer but Other people know the resources collectively more than any one person would. So I think it's uh, probably the best way. There's like discords and stuff, right? So you can just join one of those and then talk to people. (laughs) That's what I would recommend for a new player.
0: Yes, the Melee Online Discord is probably the best place to start from like a central perspective because it's a worldwide discord and and there's thousands, like thousands of, of Melee people in there that can sort of help you funnel into like, different subsections of oh you're from the east coast oh you're from this state well there's a discord for that state or there's a discord for that region and here are the events that the the weeklies that they run and oh also we do amateur brackets like all that kind of stuff you can eventually get there if you just you know it like you said you, you have to be willing to actually put yourself out there a little bit and i think that i think that's part of part of me as well where i'm like I'm not a super big extroverted person, more along the lines of the introverted
1: side of things. And look at the where yeah, that I mean, got me. Yeah, you and every other smasher, right? Say what? <laughs> I think that that's uh, it's like you and every other smasher, right? Because <laughs> I think that uh, it's not that, you know, smashers are the most extroverted bunch of, uh, of people in the whole world. But I do think that, you know, connecting with other people is, it's so important, right? Like I think connecting with other people within the melee community is like, it's just the best thing you can do in all possible respects right like you'll meet you'll meet friends you'll get better at the game you'll get like multiple perspectives on the same situations like you just have to meet people i think it's just like it's it's the best thing to do objectively (laughs) so if you put it like that it's a little bit easier for people i think to to put themselves out there uh but i'm not just like saying this because it's like oh yeah you know like it's great to meet people like it is but it's also just like objectively good you know what i mean it's like Putting yourself out there and meeting new people it's will optimal. help in all spheres of life.
0: It's optimal. And I think yeah. that also <laughs> like when you when you reframe it like like that. it it becomes a little bit less intimidating somehow because for me, I've tried to frame it that way as well where it's like, okay, well, it's not just like I'm walking into a room full of strangers. We all have that one really big thing in common is that we all love Melee, right? So that's already a great icebreaker. Like you don't have to think about, oh, what are we going to talk about? No, you're going to talk about Melee. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That can lead to a lot of different things. But yes, in terms of getting better at the game or whatever else, that sounds like a great piece of advice, even if it is coming from a... Well, you describe yourself as an intermediate player, but you've played long enough that people respect the Fox. Oh, and the Jigglypuff as well. <laughs> I've seen some Jigglypuff clips too.
1: Uh, I mean, my Jigglypuff's not real. My Jigglypuff is like, I'm on unranked and I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but the most recent... I don't uh, know if people respect recent... the Fox. I, 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 will, I, I will just mention very briefly mm-hmm. that... Uh, it's kind of funny because I think that a lot of content creators don't really play the game, which is fine, right? I think there's so many so many ways to enjoy the Smash community, right. Like I think that spectatorship is a perfectly valid way to engage with Smash community, right. Um, but I think that uh, because a lot of content creators don't play the game, uh, I think a lot of people get like weirdly surprised when they play me. Uh, it's very weird. It's like a very weird experience where like you'll play someone and they'll be like, oh, I just assumed you would be bad. And I'm like, oh, well, why? <laughs> you know, it's like it's a little weird for me sometimes when I play people and they're like visibly angry that they're losing to a content creator or something. <laughs> so I don't know if people respect the vlogs. I think that's a that's a, tenuous, uh, a tenuous thing to say, but I have been around the block a bit. I have entered a tournament or two. That's what I will say. <laughs> I
0: feel bad. I'm dragging down that average because, yeah, I don't <laughs> play the game very much. It's it's mostly because I, <laughs> this is my Johns, I don't have internet, so I'm on a phone. Yeah, because. I
1: mean, that's so valid, right? Like, I, I think it's fine, right? Because I think that the one of the nice things about Melee is just that there's so many different ways to enjoy it in your own way, right? And I think that, like, I'm kind of a weird example because I enjoy so many different spheres of the game, right? Like, I love making content about the game. I love talking about the game. I love theory crafting things about the game. I love playing the game. You know, I love making stupid memes on Twitter about the game, right? Like, just, like, all of it is so fun and engaging for me, right? But, like, some people really, really love watching it. And, like, the idea of, like, sitting down in front of Uncle Punch and doing ledge dashes for eight hours like for me that's like very meditative I, I enjoy doing that like i will i will willingly do that for fun but for other people that's like oh yeah you know that's boring i don't want to do that i'd rather just enjoy Leffen ledge dashing and be like wow Leffen is so good at ledge dashing uh and that's great right like there's nothing to look down on for that and i think that that's it's it's funny like looking at people that don't have like the the comprehensive enjoyment of all the different spheres because uh a lot of them don't really get it, and it's so funny to me that they don't get it, because I think that being a Melee player is so much about other people not getting it, that you'd think that they would start to get it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this is something that we talked about a little bit with Slime on the, the second episode of Waiting for a Game. Ooh, let's go. But I think that, like, uh, if, you don't, if you don't get it, right, like, if you're just a guy, and, like, you see a bunch of people walking through like your college campus with these big bulky televisions from the 90s uh you might be like you know they make flat ones and those are better right (laughs) and like you know it's like it's you, you you say that and it sounds so reasonable and like maybe i'll like try to explain like why people use crts and like maybe you'll get it maybe you won't right um but this is sort of an experience that's so common to, to melee players and to people that are around the melee community because it's like, dude, why are you playing like this old game? Like there were like three new versions of this game that came out. Like just play the new one. And it's like, well, no, like I like the old one. I like that one better. And I think that like being able to accept the fact that people don't get it is such an integral part of being a melee player. Uh, that it's very funny to me when people that are like, oh, I'm a big melee player. I will go to tournaments and play. And if like people are spectators, I'm going to look down on them because they don't play the game and playing the game is the only valid thing. Like to me, that's not that much different from like, you should play the new game. Because the new game is the only valid way to enjoy Super Smash Brothers. You know what I mean? Because I think all of it is valid. I think that it's very fun to watch the game. It's very fun to play the game. It's really fun to exist in the social sphere of the game, even if you don't like to play it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Armada is still relevant to lots of players in, in the community because he'll just interact with people on Twitter because they're, like, his friends for many years, right? Uh, it's just, like, very fun. Like, every single part of the community is, like, a blast, so... I think that uh, people should be nicer to other people that do not enjoy things the same exact way as them all the time. That's that's my, my soapbox that I will stand down from now.
0: <laughs> that's a great soapbox moment, and I appreciate it. I, I think that to sort of uh, approach that that concept from another angle, it's like you want to tell other people why the game is so amazing, and then somebody comes along and goes, yeah, and this is what I really like about it. And you go, wait, well, hold on. That's not... no." Okay, that's different, though. You see, no, that's different. <laughs> that that's not. You're in, you're invalidating my experience by just existing. You're like, wrong. It, it's so it's sort of challenging the the ego side of things, I guess you could say. Where it's, uh-huh. you you just have to come to grips with the fact that hey, we all love melee. That's a great starting point, and we're gonna approach it from different perspectives, and that's okay. Look around. Is anybody getting hurt? Yeah. Okay,
1: nobody's getting hurt. Good. Well, then we're all having a good time. That's great. Uh, and I think that this is sort of like. This is sort of just emblematic of the whole game right like this is sort of like where like it starts to get like meta melee stats mode about it but it's like you know we don't have a tournament rule set and given to us by nintendo right like we have to we figured out collectively that there's this subset of the game that's really fun right like we've decided that like the avenue of playing this game that is the most fun is you know turning off the items and playing on six specific stages in like this huge stage list, right? And um, you know, it's uh, we kind of get to be the architects of our own fun in that respect, right? Like we get to decide that this is legitimate and this is not legitimate. And it's not like handed to us from any authority. Uh, and I think that that's like a really special thing about the melee community is that like we sort of get to decide for ourselves what we think is fun and then act on it. So it's really funny to me when people are like, "You must enjoy this thing in this specific way," because it's like very anti-melee in my head, right? It's like, no, like we can choose what way we want to enjoy it. That's like the whole point of our community. Um, it's a
0: double-edged sword.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And so, what would you say is an underrated way to enjoy melee? Since you, since you enjoy all the all the things, you were talking about soldering a controller stuff. Ooh. I mean, like it any perspective that you can think of off the top of your head where you're like, more yeah, people should so, at least give it another chance.
1: So, this is going to sound really weird. I think people should play with items. Uh, I think people should try playing with items. <laughs> this I might, think that, this uh, might go
0: on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It yeah. pri- <laughs> I'm only no, joking it can. about it. can it, go so on Twitter. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, I'll reply with my combo video that me and my friends made with items. I, I, I just, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't understand why other people don't get it. Because... Uh, Like, Silent Wolf did this once in a really long time ago. He has a great video on YouTube, which is called, like, Pokeball Swag. And it's, like, just him and, like, I think some some PNW player playing on on random stages with only Pokeballs. And they do, like, funny stuff with, like, wobbling with Chikorita and stuff, right? (laughs) And I just think, like, you know, obviously I'm not going to go to a tournament that has items legal. But, like, if you're just, like, drinking with your friends and you're playing Melee and you want to do something fun like everyone just goes to the low tiers and stuff and like the low tiers are fun right like i played you know a bunch of Roy recently right but it's like if you're just like clearly not playing melee to improve at the game and you're just trying to have fun just put the items on man it'll it'll surprise you how much fun it is right you'll like z catch a thrown pokeball and then like z drop it and it'll spawn like ente and everyone will just like pop off you know what i mean like the the more advanced movement stuff is still fun with items it's just not very like good for a competitive environment but this is i think underrated i think if you if you actually boot up the game and you pick up items and you throw them at people it's more fun than you think uh that's that's my my answer to that question hey i
0: i think that a lot of people who would say (sighs) items, Ugh, yeah, right, are also people that really enjoy Mango Axe Wednesdays, so think about it.
1: Yeah, it, that's a great example. I, I, I forgot that they even did that. Yeah, It's like, been a while, I think. It's really fun. Just play with items. Play with your friend. Like, drink after everyone loses or something. <laughs> like, it's it's a good time. It's really just a good time. Uh, highly recommend items. I know, like, YCZ's on, like, the giant melee train recently, but... I think items are more fun because you, you maintain, like, the normal wave dash movement, whereas it's all doubled in Giant Melee, which makes moving around a little bit harder. But, you know, like, everyone has different opinions about it, right? That's, this is just what I think is underrated, is the items.
0: No, items that can be absolutely enjoyable. I think that if, if you're <laughs> sort of in that that mid-level veteran sort of a deal, <laughs> shout-outs to the Wannabes podcast. JD made a hilarious video about, you know, just, just take another check on the list if you are this kind of mid-level veteran and laying all these conditions out as players. <laughs> anyway, the someone DJ who just has looked so hard into how to be a better player specifically in a double elimination bracket, whether it's online era or, or offline era, that you sort of forget why you got into it in the first place. You kind of reach that level. Yeah, and if you just back up a little bit, you might actually start to remember a few things like, actually... I did really have fun
1: with Adventure Mode. Adventure Mode's really fun. It's fun to play against yeah, Giga yeah. Bowser at the end, that sort of thing. The game is just a joy, right? Like, just moving around in it feels so good. And I think that, like, people get really wrapped up in like, the only legitimate thing is the tournament environment, right? And it's fine if that's, like, the only thing you really care about. But it's, like, sometimes, like, it's fun to just just interact with the game right just in a way that's not like explicitly trying to defeat an opponent in a zero-sum environment um and i think that like you know the people that make combos and stuff like the, the creative melee discord comes to mind for example just like people that are trying to do fun stuff that isn't necessarily winning uh i think that this is like a whole little ecosystem of the game that's like really cool and underrated it's just that like you know Getting better at the game doesn't necessarily just mean getting better at winning. It's just like getting better at interacting with it, right? And being able to interact with the game well, it opens up a lot of like fun things you wouldn't particularly expect at first. Uh, you know, it's just like it's it's still a party game at the end of the day, right? It's very fun at parties. Uh, if you if you have a party and you want to play, it doesn't need to be a tournament environment, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
0: Until that one person, right, who's like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at this game. We're going to go to Final Destination, no items. And you're like, oh, come Yeah, on. I mean, I'm if you want to play fun. that way,
1: like, let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have no objections to either of these modes of play, right? Like, if you want to play no items, Fox only, Final Destination, right? Like, I'll up throw a wave shine on you, right? It's fine. Uh, but... I think that like just the biggest trap for a melee player or just like a person that exists in the melee community is thinking that things should only be a specific way right i think that i like my my fundamental mission in the melee community is to make people question whether things should be a specific way or not right because it's like you know, you think about the rule set and like you look really hard at the rule set and there are things that don't really make sense And we don't really care about it because like it's just not a thing that people super care about it Right, and it's like, you know, there's all this discourse about like whether we should change a rule or whether we should You know add a stage or remove a stage or you know, whatever and it's like it, Something that just always comes up is like no we need to do this because like this is the way it should be and it's like man, like the way it should be is with items on Hyrule Temple Like, we get to pick what it should be. Like, that's the whole point of talking about it is because we're, like, the people in charge of, of whether or not you use one thing or another, right? Like, the actual developer way to play the game is not the way that you play it. And it's, like, I think that everything can be questioned. And I think that that makes the community really fun to be a part of because we have so much control over our own fun. And I think that's a really special thing about it.
0: We're getting close to the, to time here. I want to be respectful of that. So I'll try to give you one more mini topic or, or question, if you will. Would you rather see yourself become a top player or a close friend of yours? Someone who puts a lot of work into the game and is trying to
1: improve? Um, yeah, I mean, that's like a weird question, uh, I guess. That's a hard one to think about, right? Like, I don't know. I think it'd be nice to be a top player. I don't think I have, like, the time to really commit to being a top player though. I think this is like the weird thing that people don't really keep in mind about a lot of it is that like I'm not about to drop my full-time job to play Melee, right? Like I have I have a career. I have like a, I'm gonna get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's a little bit weird for me to think about being a top player because it's like, it's not really a priority for me to like drop everything in my life to be good at the game. So, you know, thinking about me being a top player would be very odd because it would require, like, a lot of sacrifice that I'm sort of not willing to do. Like, I still want to be good at the game, but it's like, you know, I have limited time budget. I really wish that there were five of me and I could be good at everything I wanted to be good at, but Mm. uh, unfortunate that that's not the case, right? But, like, this is, like, one weird thing about it, right? Because if I was really single-mindedly dedicated to being a top player, I wouldn't be making videos, right? Like, I wouldn't be you know uh doing all these video essays i wouldn't be you know spending multiple hours writing these very long posts on my website or whatever i would be practicing right like if that was the only thing i cared about i would be putting single-minded effort into it and it's like you know i think it's great if that's the thing you care about and i think that that's uh a very valid way to approach the game is if you just want to be good and you spend all your time getting good but um I don't have the the time bandwidth to be good. And if you make me a top player magically, I just won't have the I won't have the availability to maintain it and I will be no longer a top player very soon. So, I'll probably pick my friend cuz I think that your question sort of implies that they have the time to do it.
0: <laughs> well, I was also curious from the perspective of would you choose someone else, someone who you would want to see succeed in that way because you're trying to be unselfish about it or are you saying, well, actually it's probably better that I am not the one who's going to be. So actually this works out really well. Like I, I was just curious from what perspective you would take that question from. And so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> uh, to not waste too much more of your time, I guess the, the last other thing is, is, um, the, the YouTube channel, melee stats pod, or is it just melee stats? Oh no, I should have clarified that in my, Yeah. End. so
1: the, the Twitter is at melee stats pod, uh, the youtube i don't know if we have a custom url for it yet but <laughs> i'm sure you can find it just searching out <laughs> melee stats on youtube absolutely um but uh yeah just for other plugs i guess uh at Sinister underscore it's a uh, it's very important you get the underscore because there's a different guy without the underscore uh <laughs> um do we yeah, need to do much a much hugs it. 86 like, get...
0: verification thing for you ambi
1: <laughs> I don't know if I really deserve the check mark, but we'll see. Hopefully, that can make that happen after our channel gets like a hundred thousand subs or whatever.
0: Woo! Um, That's a fun little goal. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the the videos that have come out so far. I've, I've probably watched like the six ish most recent ones about, you know, like. Mewtwo King losing the Bowser. Oh, that was that was hilarious. That that, that sort yeah, of yeah. That one. one was
1: mostly uh, Edwin Budding's. If you if you're familiar with him, he's he's the the mastermind behind uh, the Bowser video because he's just a big Bowser fan in general. He'll play Bowser against people. Um, yeah. So I feel kind of bad. Just a little, we could touch about this a little bit. I, I feel kind of bad about the Melee Stats YouTube because uh, like right now I'm working on like a very very large project for that for that channel. And it's taking a very long time, (laughs) which is, you know, our videos already take a very long time to make because they're super high effort. But the one I'm making right now is like a particularly very high effort among videos that are very high effort. So if you happen to be watching this or listening to this and you're sad that there's not melee stats stuff, believe me, there's something coming and it'll be worth it. But uh, for now, there'll be sparse uploads every now and then, Uh, but We'll get there, I promise.
0: (laughs) And amazing conversations between you and the rest of the collective of Melee Stats, members of the community. Those are really cool things to look forward to as well. And of course, probably lurking in chat as well for your favorite tournament series like SCL that's going on right now, all that kind of stuff. Ambi, I'm really looking forward to that really, really big project you got me ready to bounce off the walls over here. Yeah. So I've, I'll just, I'll just stay patient, you know, because I think I was vaguely aware <laughs> of this being a thing uh according
1: to your Twitter from a little while back. But again, take yeah, your I mean, time. I've been it's not be really awesome. keeping it that secret, but it will be good. I think I, uh, I have like 20% of it done probably, and it's like the 20% I have of it done is like I'm really, really excited to share with people, but. It's only 20%, right? And it's there's a lot left to do, but I'll get there. I just need five of me. That's all that I need five of me. And I need also, one wanted me specifically to play Jilli Puff on unranked so that I can <laughs> spend the rest of my time doing actual stuff. The
0: uh, the eternal uh, question where you say to yourself, am I who I am because of how many different things I put my time into or <laughs> is it the other way around? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Very, very fun Twitter to follow. So yes, I'll include all the links to that stuff for this podcast and let's get you going here so that you can have time to do other things for the rest of the night. Abby, thank you so much for joining (laughs) me here on Bottom and Smash. Yeah, thank
1: you for having me. It was a blast.
0: Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition want to say thank you to Ambi one more time for coming on to my podcast. It was a great conversation. So to all of you who are still listening and haven't tapped away to go about to other things, I appreciate that. Thank you. Tell me, what happened on Friday? I, I'm just still really curious because it's not Friday yet for me or even Saturday. Like what's going on out there in the big old world? Tell me on Twitter at Cypher003. Here's another thing. You can look forward to more episodes of Bottom of the Smash Mountain coming up. I've asked people to be on. People have asked to be on. There is a bit of a growing list, just a little bit. But I'm very excited about the conversations that I'll be having with other people in the future. Onward and upward, that sort of thing. And thank you so much for all of your support, for listening, for saying nice things to me. I really appreciate that. How about that? I've barely spent a minute wrapping up this podcast episode instead of spending 10 minutes in the last podcast episode with Petra wrapping up that one. I thought, should I keep that? And I was like, yes. Yes, I should. (laughs) It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. If I want to ramble for 10 minutes and be a little bit scuffed, then that is my choice. We're not going to hit every time, but watch out when I do hit my stride or something. Anyway, thank you so much for being on the journey with me here, and I look forward to talking to y'all again soon. But for now, catch you later.